Let us stand for the hearing of God's good news. Today's scripture is from John chapter 3, verses 1 through 18, the message translation. There was a man of the Pharisee sect, Nicodemus, a prominent leader among the Jews. Late one night, he visited Jesus and said, Rabbi, we all know you're a teacher straight from God. No one could do all the God-pointing, God-revealing acts you could do if God weren't in on it. Jesus said, you're absolutely right. Take it from me. Unless a person is born from above, it is not possible to see what I'm pointing to, to God's kingdom. How can anyone, said Nicodemus, be born who has already been born and grown up? You can't re-enter your mother's womb and be born again. What are you saying with this born from above talk? Jesus said, you're not listening. Let me say it again. Unless a person submits to this original creation, the wind hovering over the water creation, the invisible moving the visible, a baptism into new life, it's not possible to enter God's kingdom. When you look at a baby, it's just that, a body you can look at and touch. But the person who takes shape within is formed by something you can't see and touch, the spirit, and becomes a living spirit. So don't be surprised when I tell you that you have to be born from above, out of this world, so to speak. You know well enough how the wind blows this way and that. You hear it rustling through the trees, but you have no idea where it comes from or where it's headed next. That's the way it is with everyone born from above by the wind of God, the Spirit of God. Nicodemus asked, what do you mean by this? How does this happen? Jesus said, you're a respected teacher of Israel and you don't know these basics? Listen carefully. I'm speaking sober truth to you. I, I speak only of what I know by experience. I give witness only to what I have seen with my own eyes. There is nothing secondhand here, no hearsay. Yet instead of facing the evidence and accepting it, you procrastinate with questions. If I tell you things that are plain as the hand before your face and you don't believe me, what use is there in telling you of things you can't see, the things of God? No one has ever gone up into the presence of God except the one who came down from that presence, the Son of Man. In the same way that Moses lifted the serpent in the desert so people could have something to see and then believe, it is necessary for the Son of Man to be lifted up, and everyone who looks up to him, trusting and expectant, will gain a real eternal life. This is how much God loved the world. He gave his Son, his one and only Son, and this is why, so that no one need be destroyed by believing, by believing in him. Anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his Son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help to put the world right again. Anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. Anyone who refuses to trust in him has long since been under the death sentence without knowing it. And why? Because of that person's failure to believe in the one-of-a-kind Son of God when introduced to him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Gabriella. That was beautifully read. When I used to bring um, seminarians to Tizay, Traveling with people, being on pilgrimage together, you get to know one another, and very often the facade kind of breaks down and people get honest about what they're dealing with in life. And I learned over the years to give this invitation to everybody I was traveling with. Um, if you want to talk about something, because on pilgrimage sometimes things come up, if you want to talk about something, say to me, Jeff, can we talk? And I will stop what I'm doing, and that will get my attention, and I will realize, oh, you want to have more than just small talk conversation. You want to process something. That may be a good code for all of us. If 
any of you want to talk about more than just the weather or the coronavirus, say, Jeff, can we talk? You will have my undivided attention, or we will schedule a time when we can do that. I find that when people do seek me out, it's usually because something in their life is not working anymore. What used to work doesn't work. And maybe they've hit a roadblock or a crossroads or something that has forced them out of their routine and they know they need to try something else because what worked in the past isn't working anymore. And very often, that's when people are really seeking guidance. It's said in some church circles, you don't need a pastor until you need a pastor. But I know they're looking for more than just a pastor. They're looking for God. And they're looking for God's will. Very often that crises in our lives, they, they bring us deeper into the quest for knowing who God is and what God's will is for us or what God's will is for someone else that we care a lot about or what God's hope is for us or what God's hope is for someone else. Very often, God's hope is a little bit more easy to grasp than God's will, which seems at times to be elusive. And sometimes we're the last ones to know exactly what God's will is for us. And we're invited to simply trust that we are in the flow of God's love and God is guiding us. Nicodemus was in that space. He knew the scriptures, he knew his faith, he knew the rules of Judaism very well. But something wasn't working for him. The old rituals just didn't work. The old presuppositions about God didn't work. He needed more than what he learned in Sunday school. He needed more than what he learned in his own higher education of the scriptures. And he seeks Jesus out at night in the cover of darkness because he doesn't want to admit to any of his colleagues that he needs help. He doesn't want to admit to any people in the town that he actually doesn't have all the answers and knows that this Jesus does. And Jesus says to him, well, if you really want to know, you've got to be born from above. Other scriptures say born again. When more conservative Christian friends of mine used to ask, so when were you born again? Give me the time and the date. And I would say, I am born again and again and again and again. They stopped asking me that question. <laughs> Jesus says, born from above. And Nicodemus doesn't understand because he's, 
He's still thinking literally. Because that's often what happens to religious folks is they get accustomed to the religious laws and think that's all there is. And Nicodemus says, how can a fully grown man enter his mother's womb again and be born again? Jesus must have smiled. Maybe Jesus laughed. I don't know. And Jesus said, you've got to be born of the Spirit. You've got to be born of water and the Spirit. You've got to be born from above. There is a new way of being that God has for you, Nicodemus, and for all people that will bring us out of the trappings of religion to really experiencing God. It's the difference between the container and the contents. So often mainline Christianity is all about building up and sustaining the container when really God's hope for all of us is to unpack the contents and be in a living relationship with the loving God on a daily basis, on an hourly basis, on a moment-to-moment basis to be in that flow of God's love. And Jesus talks about the Spirit. He says, In John, the Spirit whom the Father will send in my name will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Jesus also referred to the Spirit as the Spirit of truth. Do you ever long for knowing what the truth really is? It seems to be more and more elusive because we've got so many people of differing viewpoints insisting that they have the truth. And Jesus says, trust in the Spirit if you really want to know the truth. Many people in the small group ministries at Chatham United Methodist Church are unpacking a book by Adam Hamilton called The Walk. And in it, there are certain essential things that are practices that followers of Jesus have practiced for many, many years. One is worshiping regularly, praying regularly. That's one chapter. I think that was last week's. This week is study that we Christians need to keep investing in our understanding of the scriptures, our understanding of God, our understanding of different spiritual practices. Another essential is service. Another essential is giving of ourselves and our means to the work of God. Another is sharing the the love of God. And, And the small groups that are meeting today, one is meeting today after church, is going to be unpacking study. In this passage, in this chapter, the Holy Spirit plays a big role in the study of the Scriptures. It's more than just a book. They're more than just words. And when we pray before we read that the Holy Spirit might guide us to a word or a phrase or an image in the practice of Lectio Divina, which is in this chapter this week, our understanding of the Scriptures becomes more than just academic. It becomes more than information. It has the potential to be 
transformation. And I think that's what Jesus was always pointing to. Not more information, but transformation. And in this week's chapter, there's also a group that's meeting tomorrow at noon on Mondays. In this week's chapter, Adam Hamilton lifts up the ancient practice of Lectio Divina, which many of us have practiced in this congregation over the last few years. It is an ancient way of reading the scripture, trusting that the Holy Spirit, who is within us, can guide us to a word, a phrase, an image that either catches our attention if we're auditory learners or if we're visual learners, that word or phrase just jumps off the page to us. Elton Trueblood used to say, look for the word that glistens and trust that whatever that word is, it's a gift for us to unwrap. Something for our spiritual journey, maybe even something that points us to God's will, God's hope for us or for someone or for the world. Now, that may be something that we hear with the ears of our heart. That may be an inner call from God that we hear with the ears of our heart. But this is where the church is so essential in discerning God's will and why Christian community and small groups is so essential if we're going to be transformed, if we're going to grow in the faith. Inner call is one thing we hear with the ears of our heart. The outer call is what the community of faith hears, what the community of faith affirms, what the community of faith encourages. And small groups that make spiritual journeys together by meeting regularly with one another, they grow in their trust of one another. They begin to know each other and how one another thinks and how one another prays and how one another is and have a better understanding of being able to say to someone, I hear that gentle urge, that gentle nudging of God too. Or, you know, I don't hear that for you. We need each other. Which, my friends, is going to be an increasing challenge in the world as people get more and more afraid of one another for whatever reason. Now, it happens to be something that people are calling the coronavirus or COVID-19. Let's be very careful. Let's be wise with that, but let's be very careful of what this might do to our inherent and spiritual need for community. I read this morning that 16 million Italians were quarantined. Can't go out. Church in northern Italy. Church in northern Italy. Canceled. I read recently that in 1918, with the flu, the influenza that was going around, state and or federal government shut down churches for months. <laughs> Did any of you know that? If that happens, and you know I'm going to resist that, 
we're going to need to discover new ways of intentionally seeking out community. Whether that's through emails or phone calls or teleconference calls on the phone or conference video calls. We're investing in some technology at Chatham UMC to do that. We're going to need to be very intentional, every one of us, about continuing to invest in the community that God has brought together in this congregation and even beyond this congregation. Thank God we have one another in this congregation. There are people out there in our neighborhoods who don't have anybody. They're alone, they're isolated, and God may be calling us to include them in our phone calls of creating community over the phone or our emails or our waves or of whatever communication we use to say, I see you, are you okay? How are you? And really mean it. Hmm. Whatever happens, God is with us. And I'll be here on Sunday mornings. I hope we'll all be here on Sunday mornings. But if we're not, let's keep connecting with one another, however we can. Has anybody reminded you that you're the beloved of God? Hmm. You are. You are. Amen.